This is the Ag Queen Podcast. This podcast explores the agriculture industry with the movers and shakers of those shaping it. Here's your host, Lori Boyer. I'm joined on the show here today by Allie Cox, and Allie is an agriculture and food ingredient marketing visionary and founder of Noble West. Allie, tell us more about yourself and your company and what you do. I am the CEO of Noble West, which is an agriculture and food ingredient marketing agency based in California with offices in Ohio, LA, Sacramento, and Central California. I am a fifth generation farmer and my husband and I are still our farmers today. And it's just kind of a pleasure to share our story about agriculture and help consumers understand more about where their food comes from and help farmers really understand more about what consumers are looking for uh, from them. What is Noble West? Sure. Noble West is a food ingredient and agriculture marketing agency. We do brand uh, brand development, digital marketing, social media, and media planning, and really just whatever kind of a food or ag company would need to tell their story. We oftentimes are helping them kind of define that story. Often, uh, many of our clients come to us with kind of the trickier side of agriculture, if I'm being honest, really kind of with with kind of conundrums, like we're investing millions of dollars in these sustainability initiatives. How do we talk about it? How do we get more credit for it um, in the marketplace? Or we are doing upcycling fruit, or we are um, trying to combat food loss and food waste um, on the farm. How can we talk about it? How can we get more credit for that? So, um, and a lot of ag, and a lot of ag tech. So I would say we're a little bit downstream from like kind of normal mainstream um, agriculture and food marketing. Well, now that we know about your background and about your company and what you do, what do we talk about here today? Where should we begin with our conversation? Well, I'm here to answer any questions that anybody might have or that your your listeners have, Lori, about how agriculture companies market themselves or how food ingredient companies market themselves or and why they build brands to, quite frankly, be compensated more for the hard work that they do on the farm. And a lot of our clients are not necessarily trying to decommoditize entirely, but are definitely looking to get a bigger return on investment. So that's what we do on a day-to-day basis. What does decommoditize mean? Decommoditize means that they create a brand for their food. So whatever their food is or whatever they grow, commodity is basically the definition of the same. So that's where most food is sold in bulk. It's oftentimes commingled with other food products. So you don't know, have the traceability from which farm it comes from necessarily. Um, And decommoditizing means that you create a brand so that your consumers or your end customer can understand more about that story that it took to grow the food with whom they grew and processed it. So they've decided they're going to take the investment, which has a large upfront cost, and they're going to um, try to create more value for that food through a brand. What are common questions that you get from your customers? Our clients, um, they want to know how long it's going to take, how much it's going to cost, how it's going to change their business, what trade shows to go to, what their customers would look like, how they're going to market themselves in the retail space, if they should be doing e-commerce or if they should be um, going direct to retailers. 
the majority of our clients are farmers or come from ag from farming backgrounds. So a lot of times they'll say like, Hey, I know how to grow it, but my goodness, I don't know. I, I don't know the next, I don't know the next thing about what you do, but I know we need you, but can you help me understand more about how I would utilize your services and how we are going to create like a sustainable business model. Because a lot of times our clients are saying, okay, I understand about how I buy the packaging equipment. I get that I need to reorganize our plant mill or, or processing um, house. And what bag should it be in? And what should that bag look like? And then who do I sell it to? So that's where we really kind of step in because they understand, um, they understand the investment piece from a packaging, I think, standpoint, obviously. But then really it's sort of like we have to marry, like how do they find their customer? Does that mean you do communicate with customers as well? I would say that we're probably not doing one-off communication unless we're managing social media for that specific brand, which we do quite a bit of. Um, but that's where we're helping our clients understand where they might find their customer, where they might, where their customer is shopping, what kind of consumer insights they might, they might be able to garner to really understand kind of price thresholds. And that's where we'll definitely come in and support with a lot of brand strategy and digital strategy and e-commerce strategy and then Marcom strategy. And then once we get an approval, once the client signs off on that, that approach, then we'll go and cross rice. Um, soon to be doing this with um, tomatoes and almonds and limes and lemons. So this is a this is a more advanced way to market to consumers. Now, of course, there are quite a bit of um, brands out there that we call a hero food ingredient that are already doing this. So great examples are like your Sunkist. Obviously, we understand that we're buying an orange and we understand that there's a brand on that, right? Same with Wonderful Pistachio. Those are just two examples of, I would say, pretty kind of strong brand recognition in the space. I think Blue Diamond's done a great job in almonds. Um, and But that's where I think that we're just kind of at the tip of the iceberg and, and really helping more of our clients understand that they have more power and they don't, they're not beholden just to ag brokers and to, um, they don't need to just be price takers. They can be price setters. So knowing your customer, knowing the seasonality, I also do a podcast in California. So, you know, I'm aware of how big the specialty crops are, the dairy mm -hmm. industry. Do you do some of that background research to help your client figure out when and where to market? Yeah. So um, thanks for bringing that up. In California, there are 400 specialty crops that are grown and marketed and sold. Um, dairy being obviously um, the biggest, almonds right after that, uh, wine grapes right after that. So yes, we do quite a bit of our work, quite a bit of work. We work right now, I think that we're working across about 15 different commodity types. So we have a good understanding of what it takes to create strategies that will that will be effective. Um, and I I'm really proud of the work that we're doing on the retail side also with um, with the grocery, with grocery stores, with retail partners, with Amazon shopping. Um, that's definitely something that my team, particularly our media and content team, has just really started to outpace our competitors and in a way that also we're educating our clients as we go, because the majority of our clients are smaller food brands and they're not, they're not necessarily the big, you know, publicly traded entities. So they need education along the way so that they understand again, that return on investment. 
in agriculture, I mean, you know this as well as anybody, farmers aren't afraid to make investments. They make calculated investments every single day. They understand risks more than any other industry, but um, they do need to be educated. And this, and this is a place where I think leaning on my, my family history of being a fifth generation farmer and a current farmer today, our clients understand that, hey, I've got my own farm credit loans like to pay every year. So Allie's probably not going to steer us in a way that is, um, you know, doesn't have repercussions or isn't isn't really a sincere effort to do um, to do right by them. So you have a big role because you kind of have to know the history. You have to know what's going on now. And then you also have to kind of project what could happen in the future, not only with regard to consumers behavior, but there's so much, and especially you're talking about California. I mean, on the forefront of climate change, on the forefront of doing things differently with water supplies due to past mismanagement, due to the Colorado River, due to um, severe flooding and drought before that. There's so many factors, right? Unless we all want to sell all of our land to developers and we're all going to throw in the towel and just kind of liquidate our farms, we got to find a way forward, right? And we can't predict the future, but what we can do is we can look at consumer insights. We can keep an absolute finger on the pulse of what consumer, how consumers are making choices. We can absolutely keep a close eye through different tools, such as the social listening, which we do for a lot of our clients, just to kind of like understand the conversation that's happening on social media. We have analytics that can help us understand consumer spending trends And then we can say, listen, this is our recommendation. Is it going to be perfect? No. Are we going to learn along the way? Yes. And are we going to continue to make very calculated investments and to achieve these goals? For sure. And we're going to be a great partner in that effort. Of course, none of us can predict the future, um, particularly with climate change or anything else. However, there are data points that we can look at. And we can also appreciate some of the basics. Like I think... I love eating cherries that are in season. I love eating fruit, all vegetables that are in season. I appreciate that. And I think so do a lot of other consumers. So how can we make sure that they understand the value and appreciate that effort that the farmers are making to grow, harvest, pack, process, and ship within hours? Those are all important. Those are all important. And we're just talking about fresh produce. There's also an amazing there's also amazing frozen vegetables that are, you know, grown and same. We're working with we're working with the client right now. They harvest, process, and freeze the vegetable within eight hours. I mean, that is an enormous investment in technology to even be able to do that. And also, that's also just an investment in ability to have like a biodiverse diet that's flavorful because there has been that investment. So Again, I think it's an absolutely fascinating industry and anything that we can do to be supportive and additive, we're here for it. So I think that you started there. Let's give me an example. I'm a new client. I come to you and I need help. So or give us an example of a current client. You don't even have to say their name. Just how you got started with them, what their issue was, what their goal was. An example would be a client, a, a normal conversation I'm in four of these right now would be maybe they heard they Googled food marketing or ag marketing. They heard of us, or maybe they saw something that I was on. Of course, I'm a 
post this podcast, LinkedIn is going to hook into it. Anybody who's ever liked anything about marketing and ag on LinkedIn, hopefully is going to see your podcast link. They're going to listen to this. Um, but somehow they heard about us. They saw something I published, some a place I spoke, or quite frankly, they talked to their friends who are in their associations or whatnot. Word of mouth marketing is pretty powerful. And I would say it's been the biggest driver for us um, over the years. They're going to call me and they're going to say, hey, so... I don't know anything about marketing or we have a marketing person, but I don't, she's mostly just kind of like ordering hats for the growers. Like, I'm not quite sure what she, you know, we, we need something different. We've made huge multi-million dollars investments in our plant and on farm. And we are complying with Sigma regulations and we're complying with all the food safety regulations and we're SQF level two or BRC. Like we've done all of the things right in order to grow, transport and process our food in like the most high quality way. So now what do I do? Like, I feel like I'm just like a price taker. I want to, I want us to like be able to get more value. And I also want to grow our business. Okay. That's a great place to start. Then we'll immediately dive in and understand. Let me really understand more about your customers. Are you shipping primarily to abroad? Where are you primarily in Europe? If you're primarily shipping to Europe, if that's where most of your customers are, sustainability is an enormous story that we have to tell. It is the game changer, particularly in that market. So then we will, um, if you're, if you are shipping to Korea or Japan, that's a different story. That's, that's a JSPEC case spec. We have to really make sure to tell that story specifically. And then we'll create strategies around that and say, okay, if your goal is to have more people see how unbelievably efficient and clean your processing plan is, we probably need to do a great job building brand positioning around that. We probably are going to want to do some great photography and video, and let's really help you understand. Now, if you want to go to consumer, then that's a whole different under, that's a whole different story. So um, then we probably are helping you create the name for a brand, the logo for a brand, the identity, the packaging, the Marcom strategy, working hand in hand with the sales team. Okay, thank you. That that was very helpful to kind of know what all you do. There's a lot to it for sure. Yeah. And I think it's just like thoughtful business approach. Right. And where I the reason why I moved back to California from New York City after working in entertainment and fashion and television is because, you know, I just was like, we've got agriculture has to do a better job of telling their story. We have so many foodies in the world and these self-proclaimed like food experts who who sure they're well researched, but unless they really understand their food sources, they're not really going to understand the full food story. And I think a lot of chefs do, but maybe they don't know how to tell that story. Right. And that's why I moved back and kind of dedicated my career to this mission. Allie, what are common mistakes that companies make when they're trying to tell their stories? I think that they're making assumptions that the customer doesn't understand or they won't understand or they don't care when and and if they decide to omit the detail of their authentic kind of brand truth and their truths on farm in the plant or whatnot or they talk about the packaging they're missing the depth of the story and that's where i think um that's where i think the farmers lose out also because then they're they're really just kind of considered again a, a supplier, a commodity, and they're not really part of like kind of that marketing story. So I wish that more food brands would be intentional and provide more information about the actual supply source. And a brand that I think that is doing this and 
kind of bucking all the trends is Oatly. So we don't work with Oatly. They have an in, they do everything in-house. They have in-house creative director and whatnot. But um, I've been really impressed with how they have approached how they have approached ed- educating consumers in a very deep way. So they're educating about their supply chain. They're educating about um, broadly, broadly educating uh, consumers about how they find the right farmers, where they're, where all of the O is kind of halt, you know, where it's processed. And I've been really, I've been loving kind of following that story, for example. You've mentioned packaging a couple of times. So mm-hmm. it seems to me that's, that's a big factor when consumers are making choices then. I think it's one of them. I mean, as, as a, as a consumer, I'm sure you do the same thing. It's like, okay, what's my use for this? Do, am I buying a bulk? Am I going to buy for a trip? You know, if I'm going to buy what, what's it going to look like? Also, like, what are, how are you utilizing that real estate? Real estate on packaging is really, really important. There's only room for so many calls to action and so much detail, but what are you going to put there? And that's where um, I think that there is, you know, the assumption that people don't care and it's just about price is really is probably pretty inaccurate. Um, and I think that the food industry can probably look to some other industries like maybe the beauty industry, for example, and sort of take some take some hints on like the diversification of packaging, because I do think that that is part of the story. I remember here not too long ago covering the story. It's, well, it's probably been longer and I think where, and I cannot remember the name of the company, but they were in California and on their packaging, they were putting, I think it's like a QR code. You click on that and it takes you to a farm labor and it goes through the farm labor story, Mm. who they are, their family, just really Mm. personalizing that piece of fruit or vegetable, Mm. whatever you're buying. I thought that was really interesting. Did it make you value the, the, the piece of food more? Yes. Yeah. When you know who's behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also probably, you probably also didn't waste any of it. Right. So then you weren't contributing to like food waste, which is part of the story also. I mean, in that you brought up climate change a couple minutes ago, I think this all is part of the story. It all feeds into this loop of if we value the food more, we're not going to waste as much, which means, you know, it just, it all kind of, it all overlays on top of each other. And that's where I just would really like for farmers not to get a bad rap for being kind of, you know, one of the leaders in, in climate and climate change and damaging the climate. Whereas I think, I think farmers can be part of the solution by continuing to be educated on um, more regenerative ways to farm. Now that's all well and good, but we all know farmers are only compensated on yield, nothing else. So that means that that yield has to be valued by the consumer. So does the consumer know what they're buying and do they know why they should care that something was grown in a more regenerative manner? If they don't, then it is way too expensive to do that. And that's probably why farmers are, you know, pretty frustrated when they when they aren't able to get the return for the added investment they're making on farm. But if we inform consumers and we bring them on that journey and and share kind of the approach that we're trying to take, I think that's where we're going to um, be setting us up for success in the long run. I'm not exactly sure how this program works, but California also just rolled out a food waste program through mm-hmm. the California Department of Food and Agriculture. Mm-hmm. So I guess, number one, do you know anything about it? And number two is, does your company then tap into resources like that uh, where mm-hmm. farmers might be able to you know, find more value or more marketing through the state or even more resources financially through the state with some of those programs? Well, I think that one thing that's really important to do is we need to define food loss is not the same as food waste. 
Food waste is typically involving a consumer not utilizing the food. Food loss is when it's not actually harvested because it's been, it won't grade out. And that's where, like, if you look at, um, if you go to a grocery store in pretty much any other part of the world other than the United States, apples don't all look the same sitting next to each other. Oranges don't all look the same. They're not all the exact same size with the exact same everything. Um, that's just not how, that's just not how it's done. And food quality and food safety doesn't actually have anything to do with, um, kind of the imperfect food in most cases. We are working on that. That's a place where um, we are working on an upcycled fruit project that is fascinating. And it's an opportunity for farmers to be compensated for more of the crop that they've grown, which means that there is not, we're not wasting the inputs, right? We're not wasting the water, the labor, like everything it took to grow that fruit. And that is something that is definitely um, really important. Now, again, all of these programs I've, I'm very hopeful that they all do a great job from a, like, from a legislative point of view. But the truth is, unless the consumer buys into paying more for their food, none of it matters. What else? What else do we need to know about marketing? What else do we need to know about what you do? I think the, the most important thing I hope people kind of go away with is to read the label and ask the questions, right? Like what we, what I hope is that consumers don't feel like they have to make assumptions like, you know, from based on kind of hearsay. I also hope that, um, I hope that people kind of read about more about the stories and understand more about their food. Because again, what I want to do is I just want more value assigned to eat by each bite and each piece of food, because it's going to help the entire industry. And the more we shop on brand versus just price, probably the better off everybody will be, which doesn't mean it should be more expensive. It just means that people should have the opportunity to know more about their food and buy food that aligns with their values. Allie, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure and uh, keep up the great work. This is a really fun podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You keep up the great work too. Thanks. And thanks for educating me. That was a good conversation. <laughs> Sounds great. Have a good one. You as well. Again, Allie Cox, my guest here today, agriculture and food ingredient marketing visionary and founder of Noble West, an award-winning marketing consultancy that specializes in the agriculture ecosystem. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Ag Queen Podcast with your host, Lori Boyer.